Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Let's Talk TV Live. I'm your host, Barbara Barnett, Executive Editor of Blog Critics Magazine and Editor-in-Chief and Publisher of Let's Talk TV at letstalktv.barbabarnett.com. Um, we are honored tonight to have the great Jane Espenson in the studio. Um, and Thank you, Jane, for coming on. Thanks for having me. Um, we are missing, you are missing the inaugural ball. And you, you've I, chosen us over the inaugural ball. That's right. I would do it in a heartbeat. That to is talk so, with the peoples? Sure. That is so nice. Well, <laughs> since last Monday night's show, what a phenomenon has happened. I'm talking to my to, 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 to the listeners. Um, last Monday night's show, I did a show on Spy TV. I didn't think anyone would listen with author Wes Britton, who's written a couple of books. And that show has now gotten more than 70,000 listens since last Monday night. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you. I am blown away, and we have been in the number one spot for television shows, television-related shows on Blog Talk Radio for over a week, and now have the number two spot on the most popular shows on Blog Talk Radio, like totally out of 64,000 shows. You're a tastemaker. I don't know. I don't know what happened, but I'm like, thank you, everybody, for listening in and and, uh, and all of your support. You know, you were one of my first guests. Uh, I think you came on, like, I think it was maybe my second or third show um, when I didn't know if anyone was going to listen at all. So Is that when uh, Cheeks and Sean and I were on together? That's right. Yeah, that's right. Things were Things were a little rough around the edges, but look where you've come now. Yeah, I don't know. They're not that much less rough around the edges. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm just doing this. You know, it's fun. Anyway, so um, I just want to promo what we're doing tomorrow night on the show, and then I'm going to get right to you. Um, okay. I've just launched my House MD Rewatch, which airs Tuesday nights. Last Tuesday night, Bobin Bergstrom, who was a medical advisor on the show and also in the cast, um, had the flu. She completely fell asleep and forgot about the show. Um, and she is going to be on tomorrow night. So if you're a house fan and you want to know all the scoop, she was with the show for all eight seasons and it's going to be a lot of fun to talk to her as well. Um, so, and then on February 28th, I'm going to have my friend blogger, Jerry Weaver. We're going to do a February, I'm sorry, January 28th, that's next week, um, we're going to preview February sweeps. And then on the 4th, we're going to have James Giacomo and the cast from his forthcoming web series, or not forthcoming, web series, Have You Met Miss Jones, which stars, among other people, Dot Jones from Glee and Art LaFleur and a bunch of other people. So that should be a lot of fun, and, and some of the cast members will also be on the show. So, Jane, congratulations. What a great episode last night. Thank you. I was very pleased with this one. It was real. There was so much going on. You know, sometimes some of the some of the threads get a little bit dropped because you're focused, you know, the show's focusing on on this character or that relationship or whatever. This episode had everybody in it, and it was great. It was really yeah. great. Great. Uh, Thank you. Before we get to talk, because I don't want to, I don't want the time to run out at the end and not get a chance to do this. Um, I want to talk first of all about husbands, because I know that you guys now have six, six comic books, six comic books out now. That's right. Yeah. Um, if you go to uh, husbandstheseries.com, there are links there to where people can go download the comic books. They're digital comics um, that we made through Dark Horse, and we're really proud of them. Uh, Brad and I uh, wrote them together. Uh, he wrote issue six by himself. The rest we collaborated on, and uh, they are they are available now for download. But they are also going to come out in a hardcover edition in March. Uh, they'll go to comic book stores in March, and then regular bookstores at the beginning of April. And uh, we are going to be traveling around signing them at bookstores and comic book stores. So. Uh, you may get it. You may come to your town, like they say in the theme song from the monkeys. And you're going to be at WonderCon too, right? I heard. Yes. I've... Yes. We're going to be at WonderCon. 
We're going to be at Galley One, which is the Doctor Who convention. We're going to be at two different conventions in uh, London this year. It was just announced today. We are uh, Brad and I are both going to WhedonCon in the UK. Okay. Uh, not London, the UK though. Um, and we've got all sorts of plans for the upcoming year. And Comic Con, just the the convention season's gearing up again. I know. I'm just I'm really excited because I saw that hotel pre-sales are going on at Comic-Con, but not for the good, ho- I mean, not for the downtown hotels. Yeah, it's it's already hard to get hotel rooms. I've got mine booked, though. I, I'm not, not yet. I'm, I'm at press credentials, but I'm, so I'm all set. I'm all ready to go. Um, anyway, the, the comic books they look really interesting. So um, I've, I've kind of leafed through one or two of them, but they, they really cover a, different, a whole bunch of genres. Um, you've got uh, sitcom, which isn't you know necessarily so far out of the, the spectrum, but you've got like um, superheroes and mm-hmm. side, and and then Archie takeoff. Is that is that what I'm looking at? Yeah, uh, episode issue five is um, a, a teen comic in the style of Archie. Uh, uh, Tanya Del Rio, who has been a longtime member of Teen Husbands and Team Husbands, she designed the logo and stuff like that does all our graphics work but uh she's also an experienced comic book artist with experience in the archie realm and she uh she drew our archie type comic for us and it's 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 that one that really amuses me because the artwork is just so so on so perfect um and funny That's great um and then the last one is uh is secret agents which ties into mm-hmm. my last week Mhm. Yeah, it's very much sort of a James Bond type story. Sounds great. Um, I love. Let's get, let's get to talking to Once Upon a Time. And by the way, guys, if you want to call in and ask Jane a question, I'll be taking calls a little bit later in the show. The number is seven one eight three zero five six nine eight two, or you can also Skype in. Um, there should be a Skype button right on the studio. Uh, uh, chat room form that you should be seeing in front of you. Anyway, I love the fact that uh, you guys use black and white again with um, with whale story, Frankenstein story. Yeah, I was very pleased we got to do that too because you know that's it. It takes a little bit of courage on the part of a network to want to put something on the air that's that's black and white. Uh, I mean, there's a reason that everything went to color. Uh, and and ABC was so awesome and so cool and so brave to to let us tell this much of the story in black and white as we did and and black and white looks so beautiful now. Um, oh, yeah, it, it, I just thought it looked gorgeous. It did. I was I was looking at it and we have a high def. It's not a big high def TV, but it's a decent size. And just the textures and richness mm-hmm. of it. I mean, now even I mean, um, uh, Frankenweenie was in black and white 3D. You know, mm-hmm. really, so it's really, I think it's like Triax still camera film, you know, old still, when we when we use still cameras, um, you can get so much texture out of black and white and just looks so beautiful in the high definition. Um, but I yeah. also know you, you got, you decided to put Rumpel in full living color. Yes. And that, that was not my idea. That was the bosses and it worked so great. Eddie Kitsis and Adam Horowitz are, uh, are the real idea guys at at once, and that I thought that was such a brilliant idea to to say you know your color depends on the world you come from apparently, or at least that in this particular case there is a, a the world without color. But if you come from a world with color, you stay in color. I just thought that was such a cool idea, and uh, you know so much of Rumpel is about um, well he's about texture too, but but. I like seeing Rumpel as we're used to seeing him, um, and sort of the idea of the strength of of his personality that was underlined by seeing him standing out against that black and white background in that amazing costume. Yeah, it, didn't you feel like you could see him more clearly in a way against the black and white background? Like you could see his stuff, his accoutrements, and his makeup, and his eyes, and his costume, and his textures even more clearly, even though he was in color against the black and white. Uh, it was amazing. Right. So I have to ask, um, in the name of the brother, mm-hmm. the title, um, significance, was there anything particular you wanted to call attention to in the title? 
just that he was doing it for his brother. <laughs> uh, you know, we sort of found out what was driving um, Aunt Anders, the actor, Whale, the character in Fairy Tales, Frankenstein, the character in fictional Europe, um, that he was sort of uh, uh, driven to this extreme um, by actions he took to save his brother. Yeah, yeah, and what a great story. Um, and I want to get to that story in a minute because I thought it was just so well done. And, and David Anders did such a great job. Isn't uh, he amazing? I I was really struck by him, and I thought he really embraced the whole feeling of it. I mean, he looked like a silent film star, and and I thought just the emotion and, and, and the contrast playing the characters very distinctly. I mean, he may be a second only to Rumpel, the character who's, Two characters are most different in the two worlds, and yet, yet he played both of them so precisely. Uh, and you never lost track of of who he was or where he was. Like he he really brought both characters to life. Very much so. Um, so I wanted to ask the the stranger, the outsider that's mm-hmm. in Storybrooke or has crashed Storybrooke, mm-hmm. I, um, Greg Mendel. So yeah. I, as soon as I heard that name, I was Gregor Mendel. I was a biology major, so that was it. Easy. Does seem to evoke Gregor Mendel, doesn't it? Yeah, um, exactly. mm-hmm. Oh, you're you're being very coy. I am. I'm always so coy. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, you know that's for good reason. I'm not just being coy to amuse myself. I'm being coy because there's just a lot of things we don't want to say. We don't want to spoil things that are coming up. But I would. I will say that. Um, you're not saying a name I haven't heard before. I'm not going like, oh, my God, there was a famous scientist named Gregor Mendel. I'm going like, wow, those names really do sound similar. So there seem to be a few other clues about him as well. Um, the phone number on his cell phone, H-E-R, is is that just being enigmatic, or might there be a significance to that? Oh, well, it wasn't a number. It's the, you know, the name he's programmed into his phone. So clearly right. there is a woman in his life whom he he whom he coyly uh, affectionately um clued into his phone as her uh and we don't know who her is um might we find out at some point oh i'm sure we'll find out at some point it's going to oh. be i this show you know we're 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 doing very well i think the show could run like 10 more years eventually you'll find out everything eventually hopefully <laughs> Um, I think I think that's the kind of thing you should expect to to uh to find out probably this season. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And and is there a significant I know that the 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 camera panned in to uh the car's license plates at the end of last episode keying into the fact that it was from Pennsylvania yep. and the num- might there be significance to either or both the state or the number? Certainly the state. Um, okay. I, I wouldn't certainly at this point worry too much about the number, uh, but uh, but who knows? But certainly the state, just that it was an outsider. It was what that was intended to underline was that this was not a main play. This was not someone from inside the town. Ah, okay. Um, somebody just put on the chat room. We've got almost 50 people in the chat room, which is hey, wild. Hey, people. Hey, people in the chat room. There's a very lively conversation going on here. Some- <laughs> Somebody just said, what about that ringtone, um, that Star Wars ringtone on Greg's? Mm. I think you should keep that in mind. Remember that as we go forward. Okay. Okay. That's great. That's great. Um, so I want, I have to say, Cora, Barbara Hershey has a lock on really evil women. <laughs> She certainly is manipulative, isn't she? I mean, oh. not Barbara Hershey, who's delightful, but uh, Cora, absolutely so manipulative. That I've got to say, those scenes, the scenes with her and Regina, um, particularly the exchange in the car that really sealed the deal, uh, was was some of the stuff I enjoyed writing the most in this episode. Although I also enjoyed writing all the rum, all the the. Uh, Frankenstein stuff, and then I'm like, oh, and the comedy scenes in the hospital where they got to patter past each that was fun too. But, uh, but really, just finding because I knew that would be a tricky bit of writing was like, how do you turn Regina so quickly in so few scenes? 
uh, like very Cora was not going to have a whole lot of lines. She wasn't going to have pages and pages to to successfully turn Regina, and so it had to be done uh, sort of. It, it required some cleverness in the writing, and I was I was I really enjoyed that challenge. It was great. I was I very seldom shout or talk to my television. <laughs> be somebody like, you know, uh, Eric Cantor or Paul Ryan or, you know, political people. I yell at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I very seldom yell at my, my television while I'm watching a show. And twice last night, <laughs> once I was, when Cora and Regina were in the car, I was literally shouting, no, don't let her suck you in. Yeah, and yeah, so much of that. You know, you can write the lines as much as you want, but if you don't have an actress that can deliver them convincingly, it doesn't matter. And I thought she, and I thought both of them did an amazing job of sort of making that dance work of of Regina so certain um, of where she stood that she was going to get in that car in the middle of the night and go wake everybody up and then to get her from there to... Uh, to where they arrived at, um, that required some some really strong, thoughtful acting from both women. Oh yeah, and and Lana Perea has really, really grown into the role of Regina. She's, She's amazing. I mean, there there is uh, a weight to her acting. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you you feel the um, you feel the intelligence of the character, mm-hmm. uh, and and there's just it never gets thoughtless, you know. It, the, there's always this presence to it. Yeah, I had spoken with her a few months ago, and we talked about some of her influences and where she's pulling this sort of, because she's she's young actress, um, mm-hmm. really young actress, where she's pulling all this gravitas from. And it was really interesting to talk to her about those things. And I, I'm really, I've become a really big fan of hers. Yeah, I agree. I think we've got the you know, wonderful thing about fairy tales is that there are so many really detailed, well drawn female characters, so few male characters that it really opened us up to have this show where where the top of the call sheet is so densely populated with these these marvelous actresses. Mm-hmm. And so with with Jennifer, Ginny and Lana all up there. Uh, all working hard and and turning in these great performances week after week. It's it's so great to have this layers and layers of of female characters, female actresses. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very rare. It's been a well observed thing that you. It's kind of rare in TV and movies to have a scene with two actresses um, where they're not just talking about an off screen man. Uh, and right. our characters, they got lots of stuff to talk about. Oh, definitely, definitely. It just and Jennifer too has really grown into her character. Yeah, really, you know, brought a lot, especially mm-hmm. uh, the last five or six episodes to it. Yeah, I, yeah. I think her experiences in fairy tale land were um, probably weighed on her, but but Jennifer's done a great job. Um, yeah, and, and I remember her from House, um, following mm-hmm. that show and. And just watching her just grow as an actress. Um, so the other place that I that I yelled at my TV, I bet you can guess. Oh, I, when when Whale tried to jump off the bridge? No, 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 no. I knew he wasn't going to do that. I, <laughs> I, I, I knew he wasn't going to do that. I, you know. uh, I, then you better tell me. Okay. So when uh, when Belle and Rumpel were tussling over oh, the yeah. top. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I I killed Chip. Sorry. Oh, so, so she's like, I, she's gonna throw it. Don't throw it. Don't I know. Throw. I know. But I think people need to remember that you know, symbol symbolism works one direction, not both directions. The, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the the cup symbolizes the relationship, but that doesn't mean that breaking the cup ends the relationship. It's, and I never, at a certain point, it's just a cop. The cop is not a magical, has no magical power over the relationship. Absolutely. And I actually didn't think that. I mean, I was like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And when she did it, I was like, oh, what a, you know, it's like, that's really significant. Didn't break the mm-hmm. relationship. Right. Devastated Rumpel. Yes. And I think um, it is a great, I, I, it is a great gift to an actor to give them, drama like that to play and yeah. I would feel bad if we weren't serving 
um, our our very best actors with um, drama, even though that means that the characters are in pain. It means that the actors are getting to do what the, what they are there to do. Um, yeah, and I, I would not want to I would not want to wish uh, too much happiness in the characterization on any actor. Uh, you, you you need to let the the characters have some angst to give your actors stuff to play. Uh, Absolutely, and especially an actor like Robert Carlyle, who just plays all the layers all the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and you know if you think about, you know, people talk about like their favorite Spike moments of all time. It's they often cite the moment where he's talking about like, uh, I would have saved you, Buffy. You know, I, every every night I think of a different way I could have saved you, and it it's a very it's a very painful moment that really let James shine. And, um, and, you know, I think it's just important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, there were some great lines last night. I, I, have to, there, I think there were two lines or two exchanges that just really jumped out at me. And one was, and I don't know how you got this by the censors, <laughs> but the, the line about that, that, that read that Ruby says to Whale, you know, I ate my boyfriend. Well, she means she ate her boyfriend. I think, you know, if if she were speaking euphemistically, perhaps one couldn't get it by the censors. But if you're actually talking about eating him up, uh, you can say that. <laughs> that was brilliant. That was just so brilliant, Jane. Because, um, it, because the, the the looks they give each other. <laughs> what are you telling me? I have, yeah, I have seen some uh, some Twitter enthusiasm for uh, some whale wolf uh, uh, storytelling. Uh, yeah, we'll there's see. some good chemistry. Yeah, I thought they were. It, that was a, just a pairing that we were really. Um, it, it was it it amused us so much in the writers room the idea of getting those two together the the Frankenstein and the and the wolf man <laughs> the werewolf. Um, it's just so perfect. Oh, that was great. The other, my other favorite line was uh, my other favorite exchange was between Emma and Hook. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, yeah. That whole, um, you know, you're chained up, right? Uh, you know, you're chained up. Your enemy's still standing. He's immortal. He's got magic. You hurt his girl. Mm-hmm. That guy of the year. Yeah, that I just that was great. And and Jennifer again just delivered it with perfect deadpan. Yes, she's so good at that dry delivery. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, amazing. And and I think that's one of the things that um, even as she's learned that she's descended from these fairy tale characters, there's still some something so real world about her that's so different from the characters uh, who started in fairy tale land that that continues to set her apart. That's, that I, that I think is really really special. So what's happened to her uh, lie detector mojo? Her lie detector mojo has been pretty shaky for a while. There have been a number of episodes in which people have lied. Uh, uh, you know, I don't have the official explanation, but just as as an amateur person observing someone, I think maybe that uh, that that magic wasn't isn't as working as reliably for her as she always thought it was because. And I don't think it's really worked that reliably for her since the since season one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't, you know, I mean, she's not as, she's still wary and she's still cynical, but, you know, she's got Henry's love and she's found her parents. Mm-hmm. So that, some of that, that natural wariness might be wearing a little bit. Yeah, uh, or, you know, in the face of, of real magic, you know, now that she knows there's real magic, that yeah. that could shake your faith in, in your ability to uh just look at someone and know if they're lying or not. You got you got people who can make truth with a wave of the hand. Oh yeah. So I wanted to ask you um about uh Cora and Rumpel's deal, you know, the mm-hmm. truth. Mhm. Um boy, I'll tell you I when she she gave him that kiss, I was thinking, ah, oh, there's something there's something else to that. That she's up to no good. That woman. Well, it certainly seemed like they have a history. Um, you yeah. know, she 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 spoke to she called him master the way you would a teacher. Yeah. Uh, like a schoolmaster, and she um, 
She said, let's feel it like we used to, and, and gave him that kiss where he just sort of, I felt he barely kept his, his anger from yeah. exploding all over the place when she kissed him, and he had to stand there. And uh, But we also saw, you know, a little bit of force of habit, that the sense that, that yes, she's not making this up. They have kissed before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you you, you there, saw that during the kiss, but immediately afterwards, I mean, Rumpel's eyes went dead. He was, mm-hmm. like, horrified at the whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if we learned something more about that history this season. Okay. Oh, see, there you go, guys. A little bit of a tease maybe, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of I'm, people are, are saying in the chat room, ew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ew. Not, well, there's been, there's been some casting news. If you look back at what casting of things have been announced earlier this this year, uh, you might be able to to figure some stuff out about about where about some backstory reveals that might be coming up. Hear that, guys? That's what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, we now have oh, we have what more people in the chat room? Cool. Um, so I wanted to. I've got all these random questions. So I'm sort of bouncing back and forth. I'm gonna actually. I'm gonna take a couple calls if you don't mind. Sure. Hang on one second. Mm-hmm. Hi, you're on Let's Talk TV Live with Barbara Barnett and Jane Espenson. How are you? Hello. 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 Hi. Hello. Oh, hi, Jane. Yes, hi. Hi, how are you? Thank you for uh, taking the time to speak to us. No problem. I love to do this. And uh, I just wanted to thank you. First of all, I, I want to, I'm so a little nervous. Okay. I just have a couple of questions. Um I, I was very upset when I saw the chipped cup. I was really devastated, actually. The whole fan base was. But I think I think that um, I think I came to a place where I realized that. It, did you think that okay, that represented the past, and it's just uh, it's just an object that they have a future, so they don't have to hold on to that. And uh, what well, well, broke our hearts was that he held on to it while he thought she was dead. But now that they have each other, so. It's a cup and means something, but they mean more to each other personally. I mean, they they can hold each other and touch each other. I mean, they're alive and they don't need that cup. Was that what your thinking was about well, that? I, and, yeah, I think that's that's. Uh, I can't say to say too much on that would be to get ahead of our story. Um, but I will say that that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely, the cup is not the relationship. The relationship is between actual people. And yeah, he he needed the cup when she when he thought she was gone. But uh, it, it was it certainly symbolized what felt to him like a devastating, un uh, un irreversible loss to him. But obviously, you know, you don't. End a, uh, you don't end the story uh, of a romantic pairing like that uh, at at the lowest point as a storyteller. I mean, if you think about how stories work, I think yeah. you can tell that stories don't. That's not how a story ends. You don't end a story halfway through season two of a romantic pairing that you've set up before that. So um, that I think you should be thinking. Don't think about relationships as much as think about storytelling. Oh, I will, and I have to say that you know I'm not a romantic person. I don't like romance. I don't read. I don't. I, I don't like romances at all. But mm-hmm. I mean, I, I think I've become like maybe it's the fluff. I don't whatever. But Rumble kind of makes me believe in like I think we all want to believe in eternal love that someone will love them forever no matter what. So to me, you guys and Bobby and Emily, I, I mean, don't even. I won't even go on them because I can't. I can't. I can't talk about them anymore like <laughs> that. But do you know what I mean? Like it, it makes us believe. I think that's why it took off so much because people believe. I think everyone wants to believe there's someone out there, and so you may not like romantic movies or that whatever. But that's to me what this. It's. Uh, I just love it, and I won't keep you. So I'll just ask you one thing. They were in such a good – I'd like your comment on that, but before that, they were in such a good place in their relationship. So I guess I understand what you say about obstacles having been thrown in the way. And so the destination, the journey makes the destination. Otherwise, if you just get there, it doesn't mean as much. You have to go through all this. It's, but um, was it – did you real? I, I guess fans are finding it hard because they understand the obstacles, but it's been so hard because they've hardly been happy. Um 
So I won't keep you if you could just come in on that and thank you. Yeah. And thank you for your patience Thanks. with my tweets because I feel like I'm bipolar <laughs> on them. I want to scream and yell, but I'm not I'm not abandoned, you know, but it's because we care so much, you of know. Course. Of course, and, and I am. I'm a fan too. I, there are shows that I watch where I where I gnash my teeth and I get upset and I worry about the characters and and if they have a character cheat on another character, I get very upset. Uh, and I so I absolutely understand. But uh, you know, I think that uh, uh, yes, the, these are characters whose 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 travails affect us, and that's how it's supposed to be. That's how that's how romantic storytelling works, and you absolutely you need the obstacles because if you have a happy couple, they're off screen. The only thing that puts a character on screen is if there are if there is a story to tell there, uh, and drama is conflict. Um, and so I think if you wish too much for a couple to be happy, what you're actually saying is I want them to be off screen. I don't want those actors to have anything to do. You know, there there there's you know, uh, you know the the sort of storytelling that is well done with a happy couple is sort of internal storytelling that's very well sorted, suited for short stories, but for television where where conflict is is the meat, you don't get a meal uh, out of a couple that have no obstacles between them. There, there there is no story to tell. If you think about you know just how you would craft a story, you want there to be, uh, you want if if love is going to conquer all, you need there to be a thing to conquer. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Could we and just one more thing? Do you think then that that is it possible to have conflict uh, with two people facing it together as opposed to always it being eternal? I mean, well, I, I think people just want them to be happy or have a little romance. You can't say it. I understand you can't do that, but I think people kind of lost hope last night. I'm trying to really. I'm a pessimist, and I'm trying to talk people off the cliff. So I'm oh, gonna I ha- think I, I people. I don't know why anyone would lose hope. Um, like I, I just feel like like they've seen TV. They know, they know that um, that that conflict is drama, and right. and um, and that that's just not sort of not how storytelling works. On uh, I, I don't think want think anyone should lose hope. And I don't. I find it very hard to believe that anyone losing hope would then stop watching the show. Um, right. You know, right. I think that you know when they when they got the Years ago, you know, Cheers was a big hit. They did focus group testing, and they discovered that the audience really wanted Sam and Diane together. This is like season one. Well, we better get Sam and Diane together, they told the showrunners. Mm-hmm. And the showrunners said, if we get Sam and Diane together, everyone will be very, very happy that week. And then they will dust their hands off and say, job well done, and they'll move on right. to the next romance on some other show. Um, right. What the audience thinks it wants isn't really what they ultimately find satisfying. Um, and if, if you know, we could have gotten Buffy and Angel happily together and she could have married him and spent the last four seasons of Buffy or the last six seasons of Buffy happily married to Angel. But I don't think that would have been as interesting as she and Angel try to work things out and they can't and he mm-hmm. was so and and then he leaves and he does and then Angel comes along. I mean Spike comes along and there's this Buffy Spike romance and that doesn't go smoothly either. I fear if we'd had so much feedback available and Twitter available during Buffy, um, we could well have have felt that we had to make the audience happy and right. and lost track of what really was excellent storytelling. Right. They took 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 account of the fact that the show was going to last seven years, and you don't really want to make your character happy in year two. What do you do for the next six years? Exactly. Well, thank you so much for calling in. Thank you. Thanks. Okay, we have another call. We have a bunch of call callers waiting, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take another call. I think this is from Northern Wisconsin. I recognize the area code. Hi, you're on the air on Let's Talk TV Live. How are you tonight? Hello? <laughs> Is there a all delay? Of the calls, all the calls start with hello, 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 hello. I guess not. Okay, we're going to go to the next call. Maybe I, I answered the question. I would love that. It could be. It could mm-hmm. be. All right, hang on. Hello, you're on Let's Talk TV Live. Who are we speaking? Hello? Hello? Hello. I guess not. Okay. 
So I've answered all their questions. They're I all guess in. you. Ha- I guess you have. <laughs> I guess you have. Okay, I'm going to try one more. Let's see if this will work. Oh no, she's already. You must have answered their. their prob- <laughs> oh no, here's the. Oh no, perhaps, they've, perhaps they've hung up Let's in try. furious anger. We'll try this one more time. Hi, you're on Let's Talk TV Live. Can this we... is me. Hello. Yes, I hear someone. <laughs> okay, I wasn't sure. Hi. Hi. Um, I was just wondering if you could talk a little bit about what we saw between Hook and Emma and where that'll, how that'll play out moving forward. Because I feel like they've been building for a really long time, especially in Tallahassee, which was mm-hmm. an episode that I know that you wrote a lot on, um, Jane, and mm-hmm. just sort of like how they'll move forward with Neil coming into the picture and whether or not they have a lot of hope. Well, we should always have hope, as we've just learned. Um, I think that that is obviously a pairing where there's a lot of sparks on screen, uh, even though he's, you know, he's done some pretty bad things on screen, and he's said some pretty, you know, uh, suggestive things. Um, but there, there is the spark there, and uh, I think that uh, we are aware of that spark. Uh, but you're right, there are a lot of complications. Uh, you know, we know how she felt about Neil in the past. And, um, yeah, I, all I can say is that uh, we are aware of, of how well those two play together. Okay. Well, I was, can I ask one more question? Is that okay? Sure. Sure. Um, well, it sort of seemed to me that, like, at the end of the episode, Emma went to New- went off with Rumpel just because he said it would protect Hook. And I was wondering if maybe we'll see more of how, and she spent the entire episode also protecting him. You know, she hid him and kept him safe. And I wonder if that'll be brought up, maybe to Hook. Um, I cannot comment, but I think you should keep watching. I think you're going to like it. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Thanks so I much for calling in. Oh, okay. <laughs> Thank you. Bye. Okay, I'm going to go. we got, oh, gosh, a bunch more. All right, we're going to try this northern Wisconsin, I think, area code again. Hi, you're on Let's Talk TV Live. How are you? Hello? Hi, did you have a oh. question? Hello, I oh, think it we worked. found them. Did we? It, it worked? It worked. Okay. Hi. Hi. Um, I'm Shannon from Milwaukee. Oh, see, I knew oh you were right. It was Wisconsin. But not Hi. northern Wisconsin. That's okay. <laughs> no, uh, I got this from my old hometown. I went to school here, so <laughs> cool. Different area code, even though part of the state. Great. But, Great. Um, you have a question? Uh, yes, Jane. Yeah. Uh, loving this season so far. It's beyond, Each episode gets better with each one next and next and Oh, Rondo just gave me so many feelings last night. <laughs> I know, I know, it, as it should, but I'm sorry if there was pain. No, no worries, even though my sister was like, oh, my. <laughs> but she supports me in the show. But, but, I am a, oh, but I am a huge fan. I said this on Twitter of uh, the Emma and Neil pairing. Mm-hmm. So uh, I guess it was just like sort of a favorites question. What was your uh, favorite scene uh, you wrote in uh, Tallahassee involving those two? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I wrote, co-wrote that episode with Christine Boylan, who's on our staff, and we, we took turns. We would The first pass through, I wrote – which one did I write? I think I wrote the, the, um, st- the stuff with the giant and the beanstalk, and she wrote the stuff with Neil, mm-hmm. and then we traded and rewrote each other. And so there's no one scene in there that was just me alone. But I think, no, I, yeah, but mm-hmm. I think the scene in the convenience store where she was pretending to be pregnant, like we both <laughs> had so much fun writing that because it was, it was funny and we got to see her when she was running back to the car and she drops the bag. <laughs> like the way that was staged was so funny and to see her smiling and laughing in a way we don't normally see Emma, I thought that yeah. was so much fun. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was so yeah, very carefree and in love, and that just yeah. made me so giddy and everything. And plus, we see the origin of of her uh, swan necklace, her swan necklace, where she got the car. 
like we we learned a lot uh, about her and um yeah, yeah you know we saw a dream catcher in that episode and we had, you know mm-hmm. a dream catcher had been seen before on the show and might be seen uh-huh. again uh so uh yeah all, a lot of that stuff that you saw in that episode you know keep it in mind cuz uh you know that was a very important time for Emma and I think it will be significant again. I am Great. very excited for that, and I do have a dream catcher necklace that I got years ago, and I brought it back out because of Tallahassee. Cool. cool. Oh, wonderful. Cool. Thank you for calling, and stay warm. You're probably as cold as we are here in Chicago. It was, so. it's, it's freezing today, so. Yep. <laughs> but I'm inside stay nice now. Warm. <laughs> but thank, but thank you so calling. much. Thank you, Jane. Thanks. Glad you called in. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So I wanted to just briefly pick up on, you know, this the conflict conflict is it. And you're right. Cheers, Sam and Diane, on House. Um, the writers took a huge beating for ripping apart um, House and Cuddy. They took a beating for putting them together in the first place. You guys can't win. <laughs> Yeah, it's it is it's a little you know you want to give people the best storytelling you can, and sometimes that means you you break hearts along the way, but then ultimately yeah. those end episodes with the broken hearts end up being everybody's favorite. Oh later. yeah, um, yeah. And so I, I, it's, I, it's 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 it is a little like you know we we do this for the fans and because we're fans and we want to we you know we want to tell. Um, stories with emotional impact, and emotional impact is not always positive. And so you feel you feel terrible when you when people right. say you're crushing my hope, but you sort of want to say like, ultimately, I think that you will be happier with this with this good storytelling. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm 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 a real angst whore, so this is <laughs> my, I just I read it, I write it, I watch it. I mm-hmm. you know it's it's good stuff. So keep yeah. doing it, <laughs> keep doing it. Um, so. Uh, I have a question about the watch. That there was yeah. a, a wristwatch, you know, the the one that that Victor's father gave Gerhardt was a pocket watch. The pocket yeah. watch. But then was there a deal? Am I reading too much into there's something with the watch that Whale took off of Greg Mendel's wrist and oh, threw it, it, it reminded him of it reminded of him of his of that the watch. watch. That was so okay. uh, important in his story okay. with his brother, but it wasn't it wasn't the same watch or or anything. No, no, no. It was just a, a distinctive timepiece, uh, right? That, that came upon him at a at a bad moment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. A trigger for bad memories. Yeah. Um, I loved Henry. By the way, again, I'm bouncing around here. Um, I loved Henry's uh, segue, sort of, sort of. I guess segue into saying, "Hey." This guy isn't even from fairy tale land. He's not even in my book. Yeah, when you think about it, you know, if if it's an interesting question because uh, I think Henry and a lot of viewers see the transition from the stories we've told before to Frankenstein as being a, a, a big leap. Um, obviously, Frankenstein has some folktale-like elements to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but but really feels like a very different genre. Um, but for me, I felt like we already made that leap quite a bit earlier when we went to um, Pinocchio because Pinocchio is not a folktale. We know who wrote it. You know, it has an author and uh, it was written in a certain year uh, as opposed to folktales, which are sort of like, well, you know, this folktale probably originated around 1500 or whatever. Um, and so I felt that we had already sort of gone to a world that isn't isn't folktale-ish. Right. Um, but but I agree that and obviously you know the black and white, the fact that it was a movies that was made made in a very different way in a different era wasn't animated. You know, it felt very different. Uh, yeah, people. but I also I also think he sort of opens the door in a way, sort of paves the paves the road for bringing in other characters that aren't specifically um, fairy tales. Absolutely. Although, if you think about it, I think it was very clear that we have characters from um, Cuckoo's Nest uh, in the basement yeah. of that hospital, and so I, <laughs> I, I was sort of surprised that people people seemed more startled by by the introduction of Frankenstein than they had by Nurse Ratched. <laughs> yeah, I, I wasn't startled so much. So it's I really like. I mean, it fits in because it's it's gothic horror, but it's still a 
fantastic world with characters that don't exist in our real world. So I think it's yeah, great. it's gothic. That's a good way to describe it. Is the sort of gothic quality, and yeah, it makes it does make you wonder, like, what would we do if you know if Jane Eyre or or Lizzie Bennet or uh, you know there are there are a lot of great characters out there that would be really fun to see. It would. Yeah. Uh, so, can you tease anything about some some stuff that's going to happen in the future? Uh, oh, I think I should probably just say, you know, as as we're writing, uh, you know, we write ahead of what airs, obviously, um, and we we have seen. Well, we are writing great stuff. I'm really excited about. But we've already seen uh, episode 14, um, which is the one you just saw was 12, and. Episode 14 is one of the best hours of television I think you're ever going to see. Just just stunning and revelatory and funny and tragic and awesome and and revelatory is the best word. Um and so keep an eye out for that. I guess that's the best thing I can do is just say I don't want to tell you anything. I don't want to spoil you. I don't want to set up any expectations other than watch episode 14 and of course that means you have to watch everything before it and after it because what's so great is how it fits into the story overall and i think you will just be blown away there are some big big reveals coming up that are so satisfying and so amazing and so startling yet inevitable in the style of good storytelling that i think i think y'all are just going to be blown away oh that sounds good is that the episode called manhattan that would be manhattan that's right yeah, people are already a buzz about it all over Twitter. Oh my um, god. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, I can't wait. Is that going to air probably in February during sweeps, of course? I that, that would make sense, wouldn't it? I haven't actually looked at the air schedule, but I know we're off for 3 weeks because of like the Oscars and stuff, oh, yeah. and stuff like that that always mess up the schedule at this time of year. Oh, um, right. And you guys have been playing against the playoffs that that I know. Playoffs. It was a oh. Big football night last night. Um, And then last week, the Golden Globes. There's always something this time of year. It's impossible to avoid. But um, everybody out there is DVRing. You know, if they can't watch us live, they're DVRing, and they're watching it the same night. It's important to watch it the same night. If you can't, watch it within three days. (laughs) Yeah, Um, right. Because that's when the rating system, they pick up on that. So I'm going to take another call. We've got a bunch in the line here. Okay, so, hi, you're on Let's Talk TV Live with Barbara Barnett and Jane Espenson. Do you have a question? Hello. Hi. 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 I was just calling to uh, say one thing and and ask a quick quick, quick question. Um, I'm a Rumbell fan. Hi. One of the things I noticed, uh, apart from the angst of what happened, Mm-hmm. Was one of the things I reacted to was the fact that you were employing the uh, amnesia storyline one more time. I think some of it is um, amnesia fatigue. The fact that when you employ amnesia, um, the audience is expected to think ahead uh, of the characters because they know more than the characters, and they have to spend time waiting for the characters to catch up again. And apart from the angst, it just becomes sort of tedious to have to do that over and over and over and over and over again. I think when done poorly, I think that's exactly true. But, you know, keep an eye on us. See if we do it poorly or if we do it well. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I wanted to – I was wondering if in the course of having an homage with black and white gothic horror world, if you'd actually come up with a in-story reason for why black and white world was the way it was. Uh Mm, that's a really that's a really smart, really good question. Um, I it, uh, we either don't have that answer, or we have that answer, and I don't feel that I can tell you it yet because it would reveal something. So I'm gonna and and to even tell you which it is would give away stuff. So this is a case where I have to go beyond coy and actually simply <laughs> be, be awful and say I can't say. That's but fine. It's a, I think it's a great question. I think that's a really it's good a question. question. Why would a world not have color? Um, it doesn't mean that it's a world without magic. As he said, you know, your world has magic, but it's sort of paltry, undernourished stuff. Um, 
so that's not the reason why. And obviously, our world doesn't have magic, but does have color. So it's a different reason. But I think I think that's a great question. I love that question. It's a great question. Yeah. Thank you yeah. for uh-huh. calling. All right. Thanks. So there's been I've, there's been a bunch of of, of uh, Twitter on Twitter, <laughs> a bunch of buzz on Twitter about something about a bowl of soup. Yeah, I've been seeing that too. I don't know what that is. Okay. Um, if that's something the cast was tweeting about, or yeah, I think or sometimes you sometimes you'll see a mysterious thing like that, and then you realize like it came out of a fanfic, you know, and it's like you know obviously no. we can't look at those, and so I, I don't know. I think it started with Carlisle. Oh, I don't know. I do, I I'm not aware of any bowls. You know, they they're all up in Vancouver, and we're all down right. in Burbank. So we we. You know, other than maybe once a year when we go up for the premiere and meet the actors and shake their hands, or um, maybe once a year one of them will be down in the and come and visit the writers' room. Um, but we don't have a lot of contact with sure. the with the actors, so they they've got their own separate culture up there. Sure. So so it's nothing to do with an episode or something like I that. Can't I, think, I, think that hmm? I, I can't think of a bowl of question. I can't think of a bowl of soup unless I'm just missing a thing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I thought I would. You know, just. Kind yeah, of, it's worth asking. Yeah. Uh, but I, I, I have a notoriously bad memory, but uh, I don't remember any any particularly soupy writing coming up. Okay. Somebody put in the chat room as far as a, an interesting uh, mashup would be from from two different worlds. Uh, Doctor Rush from Stargate Universe meeting up with Rumpel. Oh, yes. Well, I mean, one of the things that I love is when it, when you've created. Or when, when there's a show that has uh, stories and characters that are so feel so real to people that they want to continue writing them um, and thinking of more more stories for them and coming up with crossovers like that, I think that means that Eddie and Adam did a really good job yeah. writing writing creating the, this world and the way the stories unfold and the characters. Uh, and so again, yeah, when people come up with mashups and crossovers and fanfics like that, I think it's it's it makes me smile because it makes me feel like those characters are living beyond the edges of my script pages. And that's, that's, I think writers love when that happens. And I'm, I, so yeah, if anyone out there wants to write that, write it and put it up somewhere and, and let, let your friends see it. I think it's been done. I think there's there's a lot of, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, So I'm going to, I'm going to take another call. Gosh, we've only got seven minutes left. This is, this has gone by so quickly. Yeah. So hang on, I'm going to take another call. Hi, Hello? This, let's talk TV Live. You're on the air. Hi. Hi. Do you have a question for me? Oh, me? Yeah. Yes. Oh, sorry. Oh, hi. Um, I was wondering, will Emma ever have a situation where she requires a true love's kiss to, like, break a curse or wake her up or anything like that? That's a great question. Um, that's whenever a question starts with "Will we ever?" or "Will we never?" I always <laughs> end up sort of going to the same place, which is like, I think we're going to be on the air for a really long time. So there is like nothing that is out of bounds. Eventually, like we'll do everything. Um, so I, I think I think that's a keep watching, and absolutely, it certainly could happen. Um, we, you know, we got to come up with with a whole lot of life for these people because I think they're going to be with us for a long time. Okay. Great. And well, I had one more question, if that was sure. okay. Um, sure. Do you have anything you can tell us about uh, Soniqua Martin Green's character Tamara? Like, who is she connected oh. to? Well, I can tell you that it's pronounced Tamara. Tamara. Uh, <laughs> and yep, Tamara, like almost like the word tomorrow. Um, and that's the and uh, she'll be making an appearance pretty soon, and uh, and uh, wait, did I get the right person? Wait a minute. Yes, that's who you're talking about, right? Yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. Okay, yes. Uh, suddenly I got nervous. I was like, wait, was that the name of the right actor? Yes. Uh, yeah, and uh, we're very excited. Um, we have. I can tell you that we have seen dailies with her in them already, and we're all very excited. It's going to be good. Okay. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for calling. And I'm going to take, oh, we got two more calls. So I'm going to take these two calls, so hang on. Sure. Hi, you're on the air on Let's Talk TV Live with Barbara Barnett, and do you have a question for Jane? Hi, can you hear me? 
Hello. Oh, no, I don't know if we got them. Uh oh. If you if you're there and you think we're not talking to you, try saying hi and see if we are. <laughs> I guess not. Okay. <laughs> we'll go on to the next call. Okay, let's try this again. Hi, you're on the air with on Let's Talk TV Live with Barbara Barnett and Jane Espenson. Did you have a question for Jane? Hi, yes, I do. Yay, it worked. Yay. <laughs> well, I just want to um, say thank you for writing such an amazing episode last night. I think the fans can say that even though it was horrible and our hearts broke with the cup, that um, yeah. that was amazing. And um, I just have a question regarding uh, Cora and Rumpel. Uh, is that going to... Do you, are you going to use that plot almost against Belle if she does remember in the future? Is that going to be something that does Coral really know about Belle? Because when she said, oh, you know, I only know what you taught me, it kind of sounds like she had another motive. So I was just curious about that. Uh, that's a really good question. That's another one where I'm just going to have to say keep watching. But also remember, you know, Cora spent a lot of time in, uh, you know, in uh, – Wonderland and and a lot of other you know she's been she's been kind of busy lately so the amount that she is actually tuned in to the Bell situation or at least you know the amount to which she came into the situation knowing about Bell uh, she may not have been uh, she may not have been in a position to know about them but you know she's tricky so who knows so I can't I agree. obviously the obviously the question the answer really boils down to I can't tell you but um, but I think you're gonna find the Cora there, there's some Cora Rumple answers coming, and I think you'll find them satisfying. Cool. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Thanks. So there was a question coming from the chat room about whether there was going to be any Once Upon a Time memorabilia coming out. At oh, all. I don't know anything about that, but there sure should be. Yeah. Um, because I think there's a there's a lot of great merchandise that I would want to have. <laughs> um, so I hope they come out with some stuff. But I'm I'm not in that department. Oh, but I can say that we may be coming up with some fun, you know, fun DVD extras and fun stuff to show at next year's Comic-Con and things. So if you have a chance to come to San Diego Comic-Con uh, or, you know, to buy a DVD of Season 2, we're we're going to come up with some stuff to make both of those really special. Great. Oh, keep your eyes open for Comic-Con um, ticket sales. I'm guessing they're going to start up pretty soon and be sold out in about five minutes. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. If you want to go to San Diego Comic Con it's it's sort of a hard thing to plan at the last minute. You know, start yes. thinking about it now. It's in yes. July. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about that as a PhD graduation gift for my daughter. Who's graduating that would be a good one. That a trip to Comic Con is uh a trip to Comic Con. It's if you've never been, it is an experience of a lifetime. It is there's nothing like it. It's just it exhausting. Is. You get it sick is. and it tired is. and exhausted, but you love it. You know, and people who say that sci-fi fans and comic book fans are couch potatoes have clearly never seen them at a comic con where it truly is like running a marathon for days and days and days and days. And people who think that it's all guys have are out of step. You go to Comic Con now and. There are so many women fans, young women fans. The the new face of fandom are yeah. the young women, and they are out and they are they are creating and they are participating and they are doing amazing things. Uh, and I think I think people have this image of sci-fi fans, and they don't understand what a what a vibrant, wonderful group it is. I went to my first Comic Con last summer, and I can't wait to go back. So, yeah, it's really fun. And I'll be there. Uh, Brad Bell and I will be, uh, you know, at Comic Con and uh, pretty much any con you could think of this upcoming year. Uh, and we'll be signing copies of the husband's comic book. And uh, who knows what we'll have? We've got we've got two really new hot promo photos of Sean Hamian and Brad Bell, our lead oh. lead actor team, and uh, people are going to want to get copies of those. Great. Oh, there's been questions been asked three times now in the chat room about whether husbands is you're considering trying to get on cable or there's been talk of getting it on cable or anything along those lines that you share. There is nothing I can share. Okay. Take that as it as it stands. People <laughs> who are asking about it in the chat room. I love um, that people are asking. Then keep asking. Because maybe yes, sometime definitely. I'll have a thing I can share. 
So this has been so much fun. This hour has fled by, at least for me. I don't know about for you, but for me it has. And uh, it's been great. So thank you so much for, for coming down the show. Thank you, thank you. And, you know, when um, when Kathy Bates won, uh, she won an award, I guess an Oscar, for her performance in Misery. And as she accepted the Oscar, she said, and by the way, America, I'm sorry about the ankles, <laughs> referring to her breaking the uh, the other actor's ankles in that movie. And so I guess I should say sorry about the cup. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be okay. Okay. And I hope you're back on the show again. Thank you, of course. I'd love okay, to. great. Well, thank you so much, and thank you, everybody, for making this show a huge, huge hit on Blog Talk Radio, and hopefully you'll tune in tomorrow night for our House Rewatch with my guest, Bob and Bergstrom, and then next Monday night for a regular once upon a, uh, a regular Let's TV episode. Thank you all, and good night. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Thank <laughs> you.